Hello, all of life. This is Trevor. As we continue this series called Equipped, we are considering how God has equipped us for this moment of time and how he is continuing to equip us. And one of the tools that he gives us to understand him and one of the tools he gives us to equip us in our faith is the Bible. The Bible is full of the history of God, who he is with humanity, what his attitude is towards us. Um, It is full of his thoughts and his um, perspectives and his values. And so as we study it and as we learn it, we begin to understand God in a more comprehensive way. And the attribute of God that we're going to talk about today in hopefully a helpful and a new light and a comprehensive light is his jealousy. Now, I don't know your background, whether you grew up in a Christian home or you are new to following Christ, and this is something you're figuring out as you go, but often we can have a misunderstanding that the God of the Old Testament is different from the God of the New Testament, and those two, those, uh, this bifurcated God we sometimes think of as the, the angry, legalistic, domineering God of the Old Testament, and the free love, um, grace upon grace, do whatever you want and I will forgive you, God of the New Testament. And in fact, neither of those views are accurate or well-read or intellectual. When we begin to look at scripture with open eyes and give it time to, uh, or we give ourselves time for exposure to read stories more fully and pay attention, we see that um, God is consistent and he is not in the Old Testament hot-headed or wrathful or domineering for no reason. He is angry at various points in the Old Testament with very, very good reason. And in the New Testament, um, he continues to be angry over the same things. And in the Old Testament, or excuse me, in the New Testament, we do see grace upon grace, but it is not um, frivolous grace uh, that does not... um, also call us to fidelity. And we see that same grace expressed in the first pages of scripture all throughout the history of God's people and his interactions with humanity. So there is the same God present in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And like I said, we are talking about and working on deconstructing this sometimes misunderstood quality of jealousy. Now, I'm going to read you um, a part of the Ten Commandments out of Exodus where we are introduced to this idea of jealousy. Now this is right out of the uh, God's mouth. It says this, Exodus chapter 20, verse 1. And God spoke all these words saying, so these are out of the mouth of God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for 
for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. So we're introduced to this idea that God is a jealous God. He wants that there would be no other gods that come before him, that we would be first and foremost faithful and loyal to him, that we would not discredit him by putting a God of our own imaginings as more valuable or important than he is. Now, I'm going to jump forward to uh, this understanding um, that is present both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, that God uses the analogy of a marriage relationship between himself and us. And one of the places that this is expressed in the Old Testament is the book of Hosea. The book of Hosea is written about a prophet named Hosea where God asks this prophet to marry a woman knowing that this woman will be unfaithful in their marriage relationship. That um, Hosea uses the harsh language that she will be a wife of whoredom, that she will have children of whoredom. But this is God's purpose. God is using this difficult relationship that Hosea is in to describe his own situation with the people of Israel and his own faithfulness to the people of Israel. I just read this part where it says, a wife of whoredom who will have children of whoredom, for the land commits great whoredom by forsaking the Lord. The land being the people of Israel, God's people. So the book of Hosea continues where Hosea, this prophet, is married to this woman who is unfaithful repeatedly over and over. And God, and Hosea is heartbroken over this. And God tells him, like, go redeem her. Like, choose to love her even though she does not love you. Because this is my situation with Israel. I love my people. And they choose over and over to leave me, to replace me with gods and desires of their own creation. They put other gods before me, and I am a jealous God. I desire that they would love me first. So go redeem your unfaithful wife in the way that I redeem my unfaithful people. Verse chapter, or excuse me, in Hosea chapter 3, God says this Go again, love a woman. This is Hosea's wife. Love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress. Even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they turn to other gods. And it even says so specifically, and they love the cakes of raisins. Literally like we love our bellies and our pastries more than we love God. And I think there's truth in this. Now we see this same posture expressed in the New Testament. Um, We see in the Gospel of John, we see that um, John the Baptist knew that Jesus um, referred to himself as the bridegroom in the Old Testament. Um, We see in the book of um, Mark, when Jesus is talking to his disciples and um, is teaching, he says, like, they do not fast because the bridegroom is here. He refers to himself as the bridegroom. In the book of Revelation, there, excuse me, in the book of Ephesians, um, chapter 5, Paul writes that 
uh, as he is encouraging husbands to love their wives well, he says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. He gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her. Um, In Revelation chapter 21, there's this incredibly clear language where um, John, the apostle, is in this vision and an angel says to him, come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb, the bride being God's chosen people, the lamb being Jesus himself. And, and continues in chapter 21, and he, the angel, carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain, showed me the holy city of Jerusalem coming down out of the heaven of God, having the glory of God. So this, the city of Jerusalem, fill full of God's chosen people, those who believe in him and respond to him. God calls him the bride. And Jesus calls himself the bridegroom. And here's where this becomes important, is we begin to see when we understand that God views us with love and loyalty and care and gentleness, that he desires us. And we understand that that a parallel relationship that he helps us to understand that is that he he describes it as a marriage relationship all of a sudden this idea of jealousy clicks into place god is not jealous because he is an abusive husband in the book of hosea god is jealous because the people of israel are leaving him for to chase like the the desires of their bellies they're they're following images and gods of their own creation and own desire and it leads them to destruction. Um, it leads them to dissatisfaction and infighting and discontentment. And so God, in Exodus, when he asks us to be faithful to him, he says, again, out of the Ten Commandments, you shall have no other gods before me. I'm inserting these words here because I will be the thing that gives you the most fulfillment. Going back to Exodus, it says, You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. And here I would insert my own translation that what he is saying is, Do not make for yourself a carved image or the likeness of anything because it is not nearly as good as I am. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. And I would desire that you have the best and most satisfying things, which is me. So God is calling us out of a loving and a caring jealousy. He's calling us towards the thing that is the best for us, which is himself. So we see that God is consistent in the Old Testament and the New Testament that as we uh, develop a more comprehensive of his attributes and a more comprehensive understanding, we see that he is not bifurcated between the Old Testament and the New Testament. He is not a hot-headed, domineering, controlling, abusive husband. He's actually a husband who calls us repeatedly into a relationship that is consistent and safe and faithful and gracious. All of life... I know this has absolutely nothing to do with COVID-19, or at least on the surface it doesn't, but I hope that it encourages you to spend time in scripture 
developing and equipping yourself to have a comprehensive understanding of who God is. And I hope it also just serves to remind you of God's goodness, that his commandments, that we would have no other gods before him, that we would not make a carved image or follow our own desires, that he gives us those commandments out of love, that he cares for our flourishing, and that will only happen in a loving, caring relationship where God is our husband, we are the bride, he is coming to claim us.